I'm Ross, a curious parent. And I'm John, an education expert. This is From the Sidelines. Bite-sized study tips to help you help them through. John, good to see you. Yeah, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How, how's yourself? Yeah, very good. Looking forward to uh, to chatting today. Really exciting and hopefully people can take a lot from it, uh, especially if they've watched one of the uh, the accompanying study hack videos, the one-minute videos we've done. So uh, yeah, if, if you have watched one of those, this links perfectly back to the, uh, to the one-minute videos. And if you haven't already, check them out on social media. So the topic, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to remember. I feel a little bit cloudy about this one. Can you can you give me any any uh, any help? Well, that's interesting because it's about human memory, Ross. Okay. Yeah, it's about something we call retrieval practice. So hopefully, um, by participating in this th- th- this discussion with me, maybe that might help your memory moving forward. So I'm guessing a lot of people have heard of retrieval practice. I, I know I have, mm-hmm. um, but not quite sure what we actually mean when when we use that term. So can you just elaborate a little bit further? Yeah, what it really means is it's a way to hopefully strengthen our memory of something. Um, And what's really interesting about it is actually every time we do that and we do some retrieval practice, it helps to strengthen the memory of what we're actually trying to remember, which is kind of, you know, it's great. So in practice, what that means, I suppose, is getting your brain to do something um, with some information to bring it from, let's say, your long-term memory or the back of your mind back to the forefront of your memory. So in simple terms, uh, a quiz, a question, something that you have to actually... Like, like, well, like it says, retrieve yep. and bring back to the to, to the forefront of your memory. Every time we do that, and every time we potentially get it right, it it strengthens the memory even further, which means that we can remember it further in the future. Which ultimately, you know, in terms of parents listening to this, that's what we want for our kids, don't we? We want them to be able to spend time learning information and actually remembering it, so they can then repeat it and recall it, whether it's for an exam or a test or for later on in life. So, um, yeah, that's ultimately what retrieval practice is. It's the the act of bringing something back from the from your memory to the short-term memory or to the immediate memory so you can recall it and then use it. And and something, if we, we think about kind of applying that to other scenarios outside of education, if you like, mm-hmm. um, lots of lots of people watching and, and, and listening to this, I'm sure, will have had a landline mobile phone, uh, a landline phone number, sorry, at some yeah. point, now a mobile phone. Yeah. Um, and I know myself certainly could remember my parents yeah. online, which is now 20, 30 years ago yeah. since since I probably last last used it mm-hmm. realistically. So why is that? Why, why is it that we can take something from so long ago yeah. and know it? It's interesting you say that because that's, that's, that's a really, really good example of a concrete memory you've got there of something that you have used retrieval practice to do to then create that concrete memory. So let me, let me kind of unpack that a little bit. I imagine that, like me, potentially, when you used to answer the phone when you were a child, you probably answered the phone by saying your phone number, all right? So if, in, if it was in my house, and I lived in Downton, it would be, I would have started with the dialing code 01325, and then I would have kind of spat out the number. What that means is I was then participating in a low-stakes retrieval. So I had to retrieve the number every time somebody rang to then say it when I answered the phone. Now, what's really interesting there is that actually I didn't sit and revise that number. Nobody told me that somebody was going to ring the house. Nobody told me I was going to be kind of told off or, you know, marked down for not getting it right. So I was enthusiastically taking part in that and almost running to the phone to answer it, to say that number, to answer the phone. What that means is that it was a constant low stakes retrieval of that number. So I was constantly doing it and the better I got at it, Therefore, the longer I could leave it before the phone rang next time and I could still remember it, 
hence what you've just said, that you can still remember your phone number from 20, 30, 40 years ago. Actually, that has created a really, really proper concrete memory, which is ultimately, I suppose, what learning is about, isn't it? You haven't just learned it for a test and then forgotten it afterwards. You can still remember that now. And that's an 11 digit number, fairly random to a certain degree that you can still remember because you did that constant low stakes retrieval um, and you enjoyed it and it was physical as well. And, and the, the physical part's really interesting is because you can recall something in your head and think you know it, but actually committing that to your lips and saying it and the physical act of bringing it from your mind through your lips and actually doing it. A bit like if we ask students to, and children to write something down, the, the fact they have to write it or speak it makes it even more concrete rather than just, oh, I think I know it. If you can't say it or you can't write it, then you wouldn't be able to get a mark for an exam. So that the, the physical act of it is really, really good. Hence why we said before about quizzing and, and, and questions and actually testing yourself or or, or, as a, or as a parent testing your child, they have to actually do something. So that physical act, and that, 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 that word's really important, the physical notion of it is really important. And I suppose as well, just, just tying it again back and, and make sure people understand even further, you know, that's probably why nowadays we don't really know mobile phone numbers because we don't type them into anything. We're literally hitting a contact button and, and going going through there. So I understand what you what you mean in terms of that physical yeah. physical notion is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think if you go back even further, yeah. and if anybody's listening to this, maybe grandparents or even further, the physical nature sometimes of actually when you had to call a house yeah. and you had to actually put your finger in and dial around the numbers, not just punch it into, but dial it round. Or when I speak to people, when I talk about retrieval practice, they say, well, you know, I learned my number or I, I learned someone's number because I had to remember it to get a lift home. Yeah. So I had to know that yeah. number yeah. Yeah. to punch it in in the phone box, again, before mobile phones, um, and, and because it, it meant something to me. And if I didn't remember it, then I wasn't getting a lift home. I had to walk <laughs> home. So it, again, it's it's that physical act and, and it meaning something to you that makes a big difference. So touch on... Uh, couple of bits that you mentioned there um, around the stakes. Mm. Um, when we think about retrieval practice, again, in terms of you know exams, et cetera, is there not a risk here if we talk about adults at home potentially supporting their, their child? Um, would there be a risk of it seeming like a test? Would there be a risk of creating almost stress, if you like, of the young person? How do we, how do we deal with that, John? Yeah, you're right. And it's a good point to bring up. There's definitely a risk of it. And hopefully what I'm about to say now can kind of put that fear to, to bed a little bit that I mentioned before about low stakes. So it's not about creating a high stakes environment where you're going to test your child and you're going to record their scores all, all, every time and they have to get above 70% to kind of pass your test. It's not about that. Nobody ever has improved their attention because someone has put their mark in a mark book. That's not the magic. The magic is in the retrieval and the act of retrieval, that physical act we talked about. So my advice would be to not write scores down, not take scores, because it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many they got right. It's the physical act of it. So the more you can make it low stakes, go back to the telephone number. Nobody had a, a score sheet next to the telephone, you know, in my house that said, John got it correct. John got it wrong. Oh, John's only got 60% this week. Like, it's not about that, because I would have stopped going to answer the telephone if I was getting them wrong, because there, there would have been a pressure on me. I did it because I enjoyed it and it didn't really matter if I got it wrong. And the more times I did it, the more I got it right, the more I remembered it. That's the secret. So it's all about low stakes. Um, and if we take it back to another example as well that people might think about, think about um, you know a, a, a song that comes on on the radio or on your playlist. Some of those songs you can remember from 20 or 30 years ago, again, nobody sat in the car marking down whether you got the lyrics right or wrong. 
it's fun. You enjoy it. You're taken back to a time in your life. You remember it. And the more you do that, the more it becomes a concrete memory. So therefore you can remember that those lyrics from again, two years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, because you've participated in that physical act rather than somebody sat, sitting there with a clipboard saying, Oh, Ross has got that right. Or oh, you got that word wrong in that, in that, in that first line of the song. It doesn't matter. It's the act of doing it. That, that's the important part. And, and if we think about um, for parents and carers in home environment, um, what's some of the, the ways that they could help to develop their child's knowledge around retrieval practice? So if we think about going back to what retrieval practice is, it's getting your child to do something with some information that they've learned. So very easy to do is just ask questions. So what have you, you know, what have you learned? What have you done? Uh, tell me about this, summarize this. Now, a great, really, really practical way to do this is if you are um, sat around having uh, lunch, having tea, whether that's on the sofa, whether that's at a dining table, where, wherever it may be, at the end of a day when your child has been at school, the common question that sometimes comes out of our mouths as parents is, um, how was school today? Or what, what have you done today? And if you say, what have you done today? The common answer you probably get back is, mm, well, it was all right. Uh, I had maths, then, I, then we did English. It's not a retrieval. Change one word in that sentence and say, oh, hi, Ross, you know, what have you learned today at school? Mm. That one word, learnt, opens up a retrieval question because they've, they've then got to tell you what have they learnt or what new information have they learnt. And immediately you're almost into retrieval by stealth. You know, you're kind of, you, what you do is you're, you're knowing that you are helping them retrieve the information and build a concrete memory whilst also finding out what they've done at school today. So it's, it's, it's a perfect way to do it. So any question that allows them to think about what they've done or think about something they've learned and tell you. So it might be that once they've read uh, a couple of pages of a book or a chapter or an article in the newspaper, that I always say to, to, to my two children, right, tell me what you've read there or just give me a summary of that. And they say, oh, you can read it. No, no, I, I'm not interested in reading it. I want you to summarize what, what you've just read. Give me it in like, you know, 10 or 15 words. And that, again, that that process of them having to, Think about what they've read, summarize it, make it you know quite kind of succinct, and then deliver it back to me is a great way to do that. Um, and, and and that's very easy; it doesn't cost any money. And actually, it's a nice way for you to understand what they've been doing, um, and for you to lo- know a bit more about what they're doing in education. So, very very easy to do. And and in terms of our key supporting partner, Collins. Um, so we know that they've got some great resources, what, some of which are around retrieval practice. Yep. Um, give a bit more information on yeah, what, what those are. Yeah, so Collins have got a great range of things like revision guides, study guides, um, uh, knowledge organisers, flashcards, all that type of stuff. So it's great that you know, you can, you, you know, if you want to kind of you know, get some of those resources, you can use those as the basis for maybe what your child is going to be reading, looking at, learning, and then you can ask them some questions on that. Now, the flashcards are perfect for that. Um, and we'll go on to, we've got another episode coming on, on flashcards, but actually how, you know, you can then kind of look at information, quiz your child or they can quiz themselves. And again, it's that process of I'm having to do something with that information. So whether it's a revision guide, a knowledge organizer, flashcards, lots of things out there that can kind of be the prompt and be the, the resource that is, that has the information that they have to learn rather than maybe relying on some of their, their notes that might not be that organized or that well-written or that legible sometimes. You know, we've all been there as ourselves looking looking back on notes and thinking, I've written these myself and I have no idea what they are. So a nice revision guide can sometimes help that. So um, yeah, there's some great resources out there. Um, but equally, you don't have to have those resources. You can use notes, books, et cetera, et cetera, that the school give you, depending, you know, how, how you want to do it. So that's what I love about the concept of From the Sidelines and the reason why we did this, you know, in terms of 
the nuggets of information provided there to, to parents and carers, as simple as substitute a word of what you did today to what did you learn today can be the start of retrieval practice and the start of those conversations. Um, and I think that's that's what we're, we're looking at achieving here, you know, giving you as parents and carers and champions of young people the the skills and the toolkit, if you like, the nuggets of information that will that will help you help them through. Absolutely. And, and we'd love you to share with us how you're getting on. So if you are trialing this or trialing any of our kind of tips, we'd love you to kind of tag us on social media, maybe a photograph of you, you know, doing some retrieval or doing some flashcards or studying, you know, with, with, with your child um, and, and helping them. Um, and tag us and, you know, we'd, we'd love to kind of share some of those great stories from, from, from what, what people are doing out in the community. And also then for you to see how other people are using some of these tips very easily in their home. And that might also spur you on to think, well, actually, you know, we could do that. So yeah, please tag us. We'd love to see what you're doing. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Um, and we, uh, we hope to see you again soon with some, uh, some more From the Sidelines action.